Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, let's talk hockey. Well, North Vancouver's Connor Bedard is officially headed to the Windy City. The Chicago Blackhawks selected... Uh, the Western Hockey League star with the first overall pick of the 2023 NHL draft last night. 17-year-old Bedard is the most hyped prospect since Connor McDavid. Now, the NHL draft day is usually a time to celebrate, of course. Uh, here's a comment from Connor uh, after uh, getting the news that he's headed to Chicago. I was thinking a lot about my grandpa right now. Obviously, he doesn't get to be here, but um, just kind of keeping, keeping him with us, our whole family. And um, But, no, it's crazy to think how many people have called me this journey's been. I was talking about it a lot with my family today. And I remember being here seven years ago for a, for a minor hockey tournament. So just how things kind of come full circle is, is, is incredible. And like I said, the NHL draft day is usually a time to celebrate. You can sense it in Connor's uh, tone, his comments that he made. These are young players, and it's an exciting day uh, uh, for them, first of all, getting drafted, but also in recognition of their hard work, their family's hard work, and the sacrifice that's required to make it to the NHL. But of course, draft day is occurring uh, just as the league announced that that NHL teams will not be donning special jerseys for pregame warm-ups on theme nights. Now, this decision comes as a response to a few players who declined to wear rainbow-colored pride jerseys during the season that just ended, which led to unwanted disruptions. Recently, the league's Board of Governors supported Commissioner Gary Bettman's agreement that these refusals overshadowed the team's efforts in hosting pride nights where some jerseys were even auctioned off. Now, recently, Globe and Mail's uh, National Affairs columnist Gary Mason wrote on the issue calling out the NHL and the fact that it turtled to a small minority of players many of them from Russia, where there remains a significant anti-LGBTQ plus culture. Gary Mason joins us now. Gary, thank you for speaking to us today. My pleasure, Jack. Uh, Reading your column uh, in the Globe and Mail uh, when it comes to the NHL and and, uh, its decision after um, the, I guess, growing uh, discontent among some players, um, was this a missed moment in your mind when it comes to the NHL's decision? Oh, absolutely! It's a it's a huge a, a huge miss by the NHL, and it's a, a a huge step back, I think, for the league uh, because it uh, uh, it makes them look, you know, really out of step with with the times. Uh, I think more than anything, and it shows a a real gutlessness, I think, uh, on on their behalf uh, be, because of the attitudes of a small number of players in the league, I believe. Uh, mostly of Russian, you know, uh, heritage. Uh, uh, you know, they they sort of folded their their tent and uh, you know and and decided you know we're we're not we're going to end this practice and 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 because they couldn't just say no to no more you know pride theme nights where the players wear rainbow colored jerseys for five minutes you know before the game and the warm up. Uh, so they they couldn't just say end that because that would look homophobic. So they had to end all those uh, special Jersey nights, you know, like Indigenous nights and you know, hockey fights cancer and all all that. And, and it's just insane that they that they did this. It's just uh, 
I don't know. It, it just really upset me, and I think uh, that that kind of shone through in my column. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you say to the argument that, look, uh, hockey should stick with hockey, and the, the world outside, there's enough politics, particularly in a polarized uh, political environment these days, that people try to get away from that world, and it should be about hockey, uh, and it's maybe the right decision by the NHL. What do you say to that argument? Um, well, I, I, you know, I, I don't, obviously I don't subscribe to it because I think when it comes to the LGBTQ community, uh, there's still a lot of work there that needs to be done in terms of society's acceptance of, of this, this group. And so it becomes even more important for people who are sort of considered our heroes, you know, and athletes, whether, you know, they want to accept that role or not are viewed differently they have, you know, they have a they have enormous influence in in society, uh, whether they voice it or not. And so when they pull pull on those jerseys for five minutes in a warm up, uh, you know, it, it's it's very symbolic. It says, you know, it says, you know, to the LBGT community that their league, the NHL, those arenas are welcoming safe places to be, and everybody should know that. And uh, and, and I, so I think it makes a statement because uh, it makes a statement too to the people in the in the arena who might not be accepting of the LGBTQ community and and and, and people of of, of that uh, you know in that community. So I I, I think it's I think it's terribly important, and I I think that there is a role for professional athletes to make statements um, on on big societal issues. Mm-hmm. So it, that that goes back to, you know, Cassius Clay and Muhammad Ali, you know, mm-hmm. taking a stand. I mean, I, I, you know, there's nothing that says that sports leagues and, and athletes shouldn't be able to take stands and, and want to be part of a, a, a big, important discussion in society. We are speaking to Gary Mace, a national affairs columnist for The Globe and Mail. He penned a uh, column just recently in The Globe about uh, the NHL uh, deciding to uh, get rid of their theme nights. Uh, and uh, Mr. Mason, of course, said that uh, the NHL turtled to a small minority of players. Uh, now, Gary, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, uh, players and whether or not they should be involved in politics or taking action or companies taking action uh, in regards to politics, especially in a very um, polarized political environment. Now, you look at uh, Bud Light. They uh, recently used an influencer to speak to the trans community, and there was tremendous pushback uh, from their customers and from conservatives as well. Do you think companies are going to be more hesitant now to stick their neck out uh, a little bit in regards to holding a pride nightage or saying your product uh, is available for all? Yeah, I, I, Jazz. I think that I think that I think you could be right about that. I mean, there could be a hesitation. On the other hand, you never know what is going to spark, you know, sort of dissent in society. I mean, it could it could work the other way. It, you know, a, a company could do something that makes them look anti-inclusive, and there'll be a, a you know there'll be a, a pushback and a, a rebellion by customers that that you know makes them have to you know. Readjust their, you know, their their viewpoints on things. So it it can it can work both ways. I mean, yeah, you're right about uh, Anheuser Busch. I mean, they're probably paying a bit of a price right now, and and other companies will look at that. But as I say, it it has that that argument also has a flip side, and it can work it can work the other way if you look uh, if you look you know in any way 
homophobic or or not inclusive. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, what remains to be seen how that's going to play out, Jazz. Mm-hmm. The NFL had some challenges with Colin Kaepernick, uh, the African American quarterback. Um, you know, when you look at our our, our um, major cities in North America, incredibly diverse, multi ethnic. Um, is there a challenge uh, for sports like NHL to start reflecting that diversity? Is there a broader existential challenge? What I mean by that is not just in regards to showing diversity among its players, but even just uh, attracting people to play hockey in major cities like Vancouver where their land is not cheap, so there's less hockey rinks potentially being built, uh, meaning the sport uh, is probably going to be a little bit more, uh, exp- it is more expensive. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. practices are at five or six in the morning when moms and dads yeah. don't like to take their kids or kids don't like going. And it's a tougher sport to be involved in. Is there a longer term existential challenge to, to the NHL in regards to it being a fabric of this country because of some of the obvious expenses, time, uh, and greater reflection of society on the ice? Absolutely. I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, uh, whether you like it or not, it, it, you know, hockey is a very white sport, you know, not just in Canada, but in the United States. And, and the cost of it uh, has a lot to do with it. But I also think, especially in the United States, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, a number one, it's not a top tier sport in the United States. It's still kind of a, you know, third or fourth rate sport. I mean, football, you know, reigns supreme in the United States. So, you know, superior, you know, black athletes, for instance, are, are going to gravitate to, to that sport or baseball or, you know, um, something else. So, uh, but, you know, hockey, th- th- there's no question that, that that's a challenge. I mean, hockey talks a good game when it comes to diversity and, and wanting to, you know, you know, have uh, different uh, people of different ethnic origins more, more involved in the game, but that has proved to be a real challenge. I mean, Golf has got the, the same challenge. You know, golf talks about diversity all the time. I mean, uh, and, and it's still an incredibly white sport, despite, you know, despite what Tiger Woods did to the sport and brought to the sport. I, I think that they, they, you know, I think golf, I know we're shifting, you know, sports right now, but golf really failed to capitalize on the impact that he had. And uh, there is, you know, just a shameful lack of, you know, black athletes playing, playing golf. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of that is, it's, it's cost. It's, you know, the country clubs that, you know, that you, you know, a lot of these kids come from. So, um, you know, talk is cheap and, uh, you know, a, a lot of these sports organizations, you know, like to get up in front of the media and, and, and they all, they all say the right things, but it's actually, you know, it seeing it manifests itself on the playing fields and the, in the, in the arenas and on the, you know, on the links, it, it's just another thing entirely. Mm-hmm. Gary, thank you so much for your time today, my friend. Oh, my pleasure as always, Jazz. It's great talking to you.